0: Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, we're going to get into this. I, I want to... Uh, talk to you about something that Greg, Craig Rochelle, I heard him say this years and years ago, that, that a lot of times as we're living life, we think that there's these uh, disturbing interruptions that actually become divine invitations. That a lot of times as you live life as a Christian, you're going to be interrupted. There's going to be interruptions that you face in life, and they're going to be irritating a lot of times. There's going to be some frustration attached to it because you have your plans, but then an interruption takes place and you have to know the difference between what's an interruption and what's actually a divine invitation. You have to know the difference. And I wanna tell you today that a lot, if not even most of the interruptions that you have in your life are actually divine invitations. And and I could go on and on all about this. In fact, I wanna say it this way. That oftentimes a disturbing interruption is actually a divine invitation that will change the course of your life. And I mean that literally. And it certainly has the potential to change the course of somebody else's life. Let me give an example. So, in college, I went to a, a college called Evangel University, it was in Springfield, Missouri. And part of my college experience for all four years, I was in this band. Uh, that traveled. We were kind of a PR group for the college, so we traveled every every night of the week except Saturdays. We did a concert at, 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 at different churches every night of the week, so every week was the same thing. We, we would get up. We would drive to a church. We would get there about three in the afternoon. We would set up. We would have we would clothes. We'd perform a concert, and then we would go to somebody's house, like a host home, and stay the night there in the house. The next morning, we would come back to church, tear down, load up, hit the road, do the same thing again, unpack, you know, set up the whole sound system, do another concert. It was, it was just life on the road. It, it's a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. That's how I got to see all 48 of the, United, of the continental United States. I got to see, I was in every state in this band. It was a wonderful thing. And then they gave us scholarships uh, towards our college bill that, that helped pay for my, for my college. Well, I just graduated college in May, of 1995 and uh, I had three months of touring after that before I was just done and I had I didn't have anywhere to go I didn't know what exactly what I was going to do and um, so I, I just hit the road we were touring and we ended up doing a concert in a little bitty community called Demot Indiana which is an hour and ten minutes give or take straight west of here on highway 10 and it's this little bitty community in fact a very small Dutch community a lot of Dutch People there, they have a parade every year and a town day, a festival day called the Touch of Dutch, and uh, it was a very neat community. And so we did a concert, and that night uh, uh, we had in that church there was in the upstairs area by the youth room there was a little there was a little classroom slash what what the pastor called evangelist quarters or missionary quarters, and it, it had a little room with a couch there, a sleeper sofa and a shower and toilet off to the side. And so when, when special guests, because there are no hotels in DeMott, Indiana, y'all. And so they just created their own little room for special guests and missionaries that would come in. And so that the way they wouldn't have to travel very far to get to a hotel. Well, it, me and another guy in, in the band, we stayed in the evangelist quarters that night. And for whatever reason, I come downstairs, you know, after everybody had already left only to find out that the senior pastor was, was, was there at the church. And he and I started talking and he started asking me questions about their sound system, about their soundboard, and how they could do a better job with running sound and maybe other equipment that they needed. And, and I was just helping out, you know, like saying, hey, you might want to do this, you might want to do this, and you probably need to get rid of this, and, you know, just helping him as best I could. And then all of a sudden, an, an, an hour conversation turns to two hour conversation, turns to three hour conversation. And, and at about one o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking to myself, I just want to go to bed. Like, I just want to go to bed. I, I don't want to necessarily—it was just an interruption to my schedule, you know, just an interruption. I was tired. As you can imagine, it was exhausting, and and sleep was very precious. Well, still, he, you know, continually just asking me questions. And about 1.15, 1.30 in the morning, I realized, I think this guy's interviewing me. I, th- I think he's, because all of a sudden he's asking about what are my views on ministry and worship mu- ministry and, and about my past and my childhood and my, you know, my parents being in ministry and growing up in a pastor's home, and he's just asking all these questions, and finally the conversation comes to an end about 2 o'clock in the morning, and finally I said, man, I've got to go to bed. You know, I've, I've got to go to sleep. Well, about three or four days later, no doubt somewhere just to the north of here we were in Canada uh, doing some other concerts in Canada. And the phone uh, rings at this church that I was at, and the senior pastor comes out, and he said, hey, is there a Justin Chambers here? I, I have a pastor on the phone that wants, to, that wants to talk to you. By the way, this is before cell phones. <laughs> Life existed before cell phones. I know that's a surprise, but we actually survived. How many survived without cell phones growing up? Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? So he actually used a landline to call me. Some of you don't even know what that is, a landline. <laughs> and so I'm in Canada, and I, I had this other senior pastor coming out saying, hey, there's another pastor that wants to talk to you. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And I went to the office, and I picked up the phone, and he said to me, this is Pastor Clark from DeMott, Indiana. I was wanting to know if you'd like to come and candidate for the position of, of worship pastor here, here at our church. Well, and then it hit me. Yeah, I was right. He was interviewing me, and I didn't even know it. What, what, what I thought was a disturbing interruption was actually a divine invitation. And and I want you to know that that conversation changed the course of my life because I I was born and raised in Oklahoma. I just thought I was going to go back to Oklahoma. Well, All of a sudden, this Oklahoma kid moved to Indiana, went to to minister at a church in DeMont, Indiana, was there on staff for five years. That's where I met my wife. That's where we got married. In fact, that pastor officiated... Our, our wedding. And, and can I tell you something? I don't know. I don't know about you, but I have learned that disturbing interruptions oftentimes are divine invitations, that they're very, very important. And you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention because sometimes what's irritating you is actually God putting you in a situation to be used for the glory of his name. So sometimes you're walking through your works, your workplace, maybe your office or the factory or wherever you are, and somebody's having a really hard day, and they're crying, and then they're in tears, and and you're thinking, I don't have time for this. Can I tell you, that disturbing interruption actually could be a divine invitation to make a difference in their life, and it could be life-changing for them, and you have to pay attention to interruptions, because I have found out that oftentimes God is smack dab in the middle of the interruption inviting us to participate in his plan in his purpose then i'm going to show you this in scripture using the part of the christmas story found in luke chapter 1 verse 26 is where we're going to start it says in the sixth month of elizabeth's pregnancy god sent the angel gabriel to nazareth a village in galilee to a virgin named mary she was engaged to be married to a man named joseph a descendant of king david so she had plans y'all She had plans, and Gabriel, by the will of God, is about to interrupt her plans. So Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Verse 29, I want you to highlight this, confused and disturbed. An interruption occurred in her life. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and we'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin, and here's what I, I want to convey to you. Because sometimes we we look at this and we just blow right past it. What if What if an angel showed up right here in the moment, staring at your pastor and saying, "Justin, I've got a word from the Lord for you." Well, first of all, how many know I would be confused and disturbed, like what in the what? And I I would probably fall on my face. Everybody, when there was an when there was a a, a an angel that showed up, people hit the deck, y'all. I mean, they—they. They, I'm talking the glory of the Lord was there, and it, and it, was very, it made them very fearful. They were standing in such awe of, of God's creation. Absolutely, I would be confused and disturbed, to say the least. And what if this angel looked at your, your, your pastor and said, I declare to you from the Lord, you're going to weigh 150 pounds, you're going to be dark-skinned, and you're going to have black hair for the rest of your life. I would look at him and say, I- I'm a ginger. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm certainly no 150 pounds. Like, I'm having trouble believing because what you're saying doesn't seem to be possible. And actually, Mary's saying what you're saying isn't really possible because I'm a virgin. Like, what you're talking about, not going to happen. And then he says this, the Holy Spirit, verse 35, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. He said, you're thinking like a woman. You shouldn't think like a woman. You should have thoughts. These thoughts that I'm giving you are actually from God. They're not from humanity. They're not from, it doesn't come from one person to another. It's coming directly from God. And you're thinking in the natural, and you're meant to be thinking in the supernatural. You're thinking natural thoughts, but you're not supposed to be thinking natural thoughts. You're supposed to be thinking supernatural thoughts. And I'm gonna tell you, in your disturbing interruptions, your first response is always gonna be human thoughts. It's going to be natural thoughts. Ugh, does this woman ever have a good day? Is there ever a day that she's not crying when she comes into the office? How many know what I'm talking about, right? Does this person ever have enough money? Because that's all they do is complain about their lack all the time. And your first response is going to be a natural response. But I can tell you something. When it's a divine invitation, you're meant to have supernatural thoughts, not natural ones. What's this? Mary responded. After hearing all of this, Mary responded. I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. She's saying, I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm disturbed. But I will align my life, my plan, with the plan of God. I'm going to align my life, not with my plan, not with the purpose that I had. I'm going to align myself to God's plan. Okay, confused and disturbed, you would be too. You would be too. Have you ever noticed in life that there are going to be interruptions in your life? There are going to be surprises, and some surprises come from other people, and some surprises just come from situations. It's situational surprises, that you wake up one day and something happens, something changes. You get a bad phone call, you get a bad email, you get a bad text, and all of a sudden your your world just erupts in chaos. And the first thing that you'll notice about it, as we read a scripture that Mary was confused and disturbed, the very first thing that you'll notice is fear will sweep across your life. It'll sweep across your mind. It'll sweep across your heart. Meaning you get this surprise, you get this interruption, and all of a sudden it's, (gasps) what am I going to do? How am I gonna respond? What do I do now? And a lot of people say that fear is the opposite of faith. That is not true. Write this down. Fear is not the opposite of faith. It's actually a different form or different type of faith. Let me say it very clearly to you. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is faith. Did you know that? Fear is faith. It's a belief system. Fear, what's this? Fear, write this down. Fear believes the worst. That's what fear does. Fear believes the worst. But as a Christian, when you choose a life of faith, faith doesn't fear the worst. Faith believes God. So fear believes the worst. Faith just believes God. But make no mistake, fear is not the opposite of faith. It's just a different type of faith believing the worst and your life will be interrupted there will be surprises that come your way not everything is going to work out according to your plan I promise you that and fear will try to sweep across your mind and your heart and your life and you have to make a decision am I going to believe the worst or am I going to believe God because here's the truth of the matter number two That God's purpose doesn't always align with my plans and I have found this to be true over and over and over again that God's purpose doesn't always align with Justin's plans let me tell you something about Justin he is a planner oh I love plans I am a goal oriented person that's how I'm built when I, when I have something in mind, if I want to accomplish something, I, I go all in, I get it done. I'm just a goal-oriented person. That's how God created me. And there's a lot of strengths to that. But can I tell you something? There's some weaknesses, too. And all of you, all of you have gifts and you have talents, you have strengths in your life. Can I tell you, with every strength, there's also a weakness attached to it. So I'm a goal-oriented person. I love to accomplish things. I love to get things done. The weakness with that is I get very frustrated if my plans are interrupted. I don't like it. I don't like it when things get in the way of my plans. Any, I've asked you this question before, but I'll ask it again. Are, is there anybody else in, in the room besides me that just loves to be in control? Raise your spouse's hand. That's probably safer to do that. All right because I don't like it when things are out of control. I like, I like to be in control. I like to have the plan, and I like to be moving forward in that plan. And here's what I have found out, that God's purpose doesn't always align with Justin's plans. But God's purpose is always higher. It's always better. It's always right. So I have plans that I have made, and I am learning and have learned How to question now, okay, is this part of God's purpose, though? Is this interruption to my plan actually a divine invitation to do something, to serve someone, to love someone, to give towards something or someone? Is this an invitation? I face interruptions all the time. This week... I, I can just tell you alone that this week I had three or four major interruptions that were invitations to, hurt, to serve somebody, to help somebody. This, this past week, not too many days ago, four or five days ago, I got a phone call, actually texts text that started coming through at 10.30 at night. Somebody was about to take their life, like li- literally saying, it's over, it's done, I'm, I'm done now. And when I first started getting texts, who in the world is texting me at 10.30 at night? Like, I just want to go to sleep. Like, I just want to go to sleep. How many know what I'm talking about, right? And actually, that was not an interruption. It was an invitation to help somebody who was in desperate need. And boy, am I glad. I'm glad. But they're still alive, obviously, right? I wouldn't be so glad today, right? I'm glad. That a lot of times, interruptions are actually invitations. And just because you have a plan... You have to give God permission to interrupt it so that you can accomplish his purpose because his purpose should trump your plan. Amen. Well, pastor, I, I just don't understand though because I've had these plans. I've been wanting to do this. All of this was laid out. I'd worked for a lot of years. I'd saved up a lot of money. I thought, I, I thought retirement was going to look like this. I thought college was going to look like this. I thought my married life was going to look like this. I thought I was going to have seven kids or I only thought I was going to have one, you know, like, how many know what I'm talking about? Like, there's all different types of surprises, and I want to teach you something so powerful. Number three, that understanding God is not required for you to trust in God. Understanding God isn't required for trusting God. You have to understand something about interruptions. Mary was sitting there. She received this news from Gabriel. She was confused and disturbed, and yet she aligned herself with the will of God. It does not mean that she understood it. It just means that she surrendered to it. It doesn't mean that she understood it. She just trusted it and said, may it be to me as you have spoken, as the Lord has declared, may that come about, not my plans, but his purpose. I'm going to tell you something. There are loads and loads of times where things happen and I don't understand. I don't understand. But I still choose to trust. I still choose to believe that God is good. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's loving. And as the word of God says, He's working all things together for my good because I've been called according to His purpose. I belong to him. Remember, trans, I've transferred ownership of my life to God. That way, he, he can do whatever he wants to at any time, and I'm, I might not understand it, but I'm going to trust him. I might not understand it, but I will trust. You know, there are some things that happened. Here's a great one. After my wife and I got married, uh, we, we, went to, uh, we moved to Milwaukee for a short stint about four years and the pastor that hired me, I, I really felt compelled that, that Milwaukee was where I was supposed to go. And as a larger church, I was hired as the music minister there. And two months after we arrived at the church, uh, the senior pastor that hired me resigned. A Bible college contacted him, Central Bible College contacted him, said, we want you to come back and be a professor. And he said, I'm supposed to go back. Well, you can imagine, I was just hired at a brand new church. Typically, at at those years, it doesn't happen like this necessarily anymore, but at that time, when a senior pastor resigned, really, the whole staff kind of cleared out and made room for the new pastor, for him to hire all new staff according to what, what, what he wanted. Well, I thought, what did I do? I just made a big mistake. God, I don't understand. I thought, for sure, this is where you were calling us to. And and I went home, and my wife was just in tears. She was saying, what have we done? We just moved to Milwaukee. We just got into a a lease. Our senior pastor just resigned. Are we supposed to resign now? Do we just go back to Indiana with our tail between our legs? Like, what is going on? And we made a decision together as a couple. I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust God. I don't understand, but I'm going to trust God. And obviously, we were there for, for four years. They hired another pastor, and I tell you what, Had I not learned what I learned in Milwaukee, there's no way I could have started New Song Church. There were things that I learned there, leadership principles that I learned that I did not know. Had I not known them, I would not have been prepared to to answer the call of God and start New Song Church in 2004. And I'm telling you, there are things that you will not understand. But the question is are you going to trust anyway? Are you going to trust anyway? But pastor, it doesn't make sense. I have things in my life right now that don't make sense. But I'm still trusting him. After all, we are called to live by faith, not by fact, but by faith. That we walk by faith, that it's a journey of faith, that there are going to be surprises and you will not understand them all. In fact, let's read this out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It says this, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Let's stop right there. Don't be surprised. Oh, pastor, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. But I don't get it. Why am I suffering? I don't know. Ask the hundreds of millions of people around the world while they're su- why they're suffering too. Why are we surprised? Everybody, can I ask you a question? Why are we surprised when we have to suffer sometimes? Why are we surprised when there's a trial that occurs in our life? That Actually, the Bible says you will experience trials. You're going to experience some troubles in this world. Did you know that new song? Have you figured that out yet? How many know that there's some trials we're going to face? But see, the difference is I know in whom I hope. I have trust in the God of the universe, and he has never let me down. Watch what he says here again. Let's go go back to the beginning. Dear friends, don't be surprised at these fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. What he's saying is this, one of these days you might be in a trial, but God is going to receive glory from it. At some point, it's going to make sense. Well, let me write it down like this. Number four, the outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is mine. That when I face trials and when I face questions and there are things that happen that I don't understand, that the outcome is not Justin's responsibility. That belongs to God. My responsibility is not the outcome. It's the obedience attached to the plan of God. It's obedience in the middle of the divine invitation. It's the obedience to the word of God. And then I leave the results up to God. You know, I've, I've told you this story but many of you have never heard it. We were facing a time years ago now, we were remodeling a a location and what we estimated to be $75,000. And I made a promise to the church. I promised the church when we were doing this remodel, I said, we'll take one offering one time, period. That's it. And we did all the calculations and I went to the building inspector. He said, no problem. You you should have no problem at all. And we said, okay, the cost is gonna be $75,000. So we took up an offering. Guess how much came in? $75,000. $75,000. It was amazing. So I go the very next day back to the building inspector. I said, hey, we're ready for those permits. He said, I can't give you that. I said, why? I said, but we've talked. He said, yeah, we talked, but I didn't understand that you're increasing the, the restroom sizes so much so that you have to hire an architect for this remodel. I'm not going to give you those permits until you get an architect. And what we thought cost $75,000 ended up costing over $200,000. And in the middle of that, I'd made, a, I'd made a promise to the church one offering one time, period. And, <laughs> whoo! You have to know, everybody. My step of faith just became a leap of faith, no going back. I'm just going to trust God. And you know something? God provided. And my wife looked at me, and, I, and that's a longer story that I'll get in at, at a different time, but my wife looked at me. I was, I was in tears one day. I, I was looking at my wife. One of the very few times that I, that I really wanted to resign, I wanted to quit. I was so distraught. I was so discouraged. I was so fearful. And I said, I said babe, I don't even know how we're going to pay the staff, and yet I have to be a man of my word. I don't want to tell the church that we need more money. I, I want to be a man of my word, and I don't know what to do. And I was in tears and my wife looked at me and I, I love, I will, I'll always remember this moment. You have an incredible pastor's wife because she looked at me and she said, Justin, these bills are not your bills. This church belongs to God. So he has to pay the bills. And I'll tell you, I didn't have faith, but my wife did. And I just borrowed her faith for a little while. <laughs> and guess what God did? He paid the bills. And we never had to take up another offering. God just supernaturally provided. I want, to t- I want to tell you something. The outcome is not your responsibility. Obedience is. Obedience is. You just have to be obedient. What's what it says in Psalm 37? Commit your way to the Lord. In in everything you do, new song, commit yourself to Him. I'm going to obey Him and His Word. I'm going to commit myself. If you commit yourself to the Lord, I promise you, you're committing yourself to His Word. The two go hand in hand. So I'm going to commit myself to the Lord, and I'm going to trust in Him. I don't. I don't have to understand, but I get to trust. And the Bible says, and He will act. He'll provide. He'll do what he said in his word that he's going to do, that he's going to work it for good, that he's going to provide. When, when you don't see provision coming from anywhere, he is a supernatural provider. After all, that is his name, Jehovah-Jireh. He's the God who provides. But I'm telling you, New Song, you have to commit your way to him. But I don't understand. It's not yours to understand sometimes, but it is yours to trust. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Watch what it says in in verse 7. For those who are righteous, those who are trusting in the Lord, they've committed their ways to the Lord. Those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right. Watch this. And you smooth out the path ahead of time. Meaning this, if he's smoothing out a path it means that for a little while it must have looked pretty rough for him to smooth it out. How many know what I'm talking about? You don't smooth out a path that's already smooth. Why? It's already smooth. No, you had a rough path, and God said, hey, I know it looks rough, but I'm going to smooth it for you. You just commit yourself to me. You don't have to understand it all, but you need to trust and I'm going to smooth it out. Isn't that what it says in Proverbs 3? It says, if you, if you commit yourself to the Lord, if you, if you acknowledge him in all of your ways and lean not on your own understanding, that, that he will actually make your path straight. He makes it obvious. He smooths it out ahead of you. So mine is just to move forward in faith, to move forward in trust. So I'm going to ask you some questions. It's a three-question three test. For when life surprises you, and and you will be surprised in this life. In fact, you've heard it said that you should not be surprised at all the surprises that happen in life, because they will come. Don't be surprised when you're surprised. And I'm going to ask you some questions. The first one is terrible grammar, but it's a great question. Who am I listening to? Who am I listening to? I just ended on a, for all you teachers and editors, I just ended on a preposition. I'm sorry about that. Forgive me. But who am I listening to? Who am I listening to? Are you listening to the voice of fear? Or are you listening to the voice of your God? Who's saying, I'll be with you. I got your back. Let me, who are you listening to? My, my, my next question is not in the bullet point, but just on the side note, well, what is God saying? Because I wanna be listening to whatever God is saying. The second one, what am I speaking? because I need to be speaking whatever God is saying. I need to be listening to whatever God is saying, and I need to be speaking whatever God is saying. And isn't that what Mary did? Well, Gabriel gave her this news. She didn't understand it, but she trusted in the Lord. And she said, may it be to me as you have spoken. Like, I'm going to align myself and my words with the plan, the purpose of God. So my plans at this point don't matter. The purpose of God matters in my life. So, so who are you listening to? Well, I'm gonna to listen to what God is saying. What are you speaking? I'm gonna speak what God is saying. That's, that's the choice that I've made. I've taught you this over and over and over again, and I'll continue to do so. You can either repeat your problem or repeat God's promises. As for me, I'm gonna repeat the promises of God. I'm not gonna repeat my problem. Some people you meet you meet with, and it's just problem, 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 problem. And I never hear them talking in faith, speaking in faith. Well, listen, everybody, I have to help you. I have to help you understand. You can focus on your problem, but that doesn't solve anything. You have to align your faith with the words of God, with the word of God, the promises of God. I have gotten to this point. I don't repeat my problem. I just repeat the promises. My God is going to supply all of my needs according to his riches, In glory. Can I get an amen to that, somebody? Like, he's going to heal, he's going to deliver, he's going to set free. I get these promises and I just speak out the promises. That's how I live by faith. So, who am I listening to? What am I saying? And now, the last one is, what am I going to do? So, who am I listening to? Am I listening to what God is saying? What am I speaking? Am I saying what God is saying? And what am I going to do? Am I I going to do what God is saying? Am I going to be obedient? Am I going to look at this interruption in life and be irritated with it? Or am I going to look at this interruption and say, Father, I take it for granted that this is a divine invitation for me to live out your purpose in this life. So what would you have me say to that coworker who drives me nuts? Come on, everybody! Can I get an amen? I might, does anybody in the room have some coworkers that just drive you nuts? Well, how, how are you gonna how are you gonna minister to them? Do you, does anybody have some children that interrupt your plans? How many know your children are still a gift from the from the Lord, and they have a purpose on their life, and your purpose, new song as, as parents, your purpose is to guide your children in their purpose. See, it, they're, not, they're not disturbing interruptions. They're divine invitations to make a difference in, in the world and to make a difference in somebody's life. And so who are you listening to? And what are you saying? What are you speaking? And what are you going to do? As for me, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm just going to trust the Lord. And he always makes a way. Would you stand up with me today? You receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? Boy, I've had so much fun sharing it with you today. I want to ask a question to everybody in the room. Have you truly and are you truly living a life that absolutely 100% is trusting in the Lord? Are you trusting in the Lord? Are you being interrupted right now? Have you had plans that have just been interrupted? And you're irritated, you're confused, you're disturbed by it. And some of you, in fact, this morning, I've heard this over and over and over again already, Pastor, it was me, it was me. I, I, wanna, I wanna encourage you today. Yours is not to understand, yours is to trust. You don't have to understand God in order to trust in him. Just trust. And the very first thing you need to do is trust the Lord with your entire life. You need to commit yourself to him. Would you bow your heads with me? Let me ask you a question. Have you trusted in Christ as Savior? I'm gonna ask that first. Have you wholeheartedly put your trust in Christ Jesus alone for salvation? That's the first decision that you you need to make. Have you come to, to a place in your life where you realized you were a sinner in need of a Savior? And I'm telling you here today that the one true savior of the world, the reason to celebrate is Jesus. He is the savior of the world. He's the only savior. And you have to put your trust in him. With nobody looking around today, if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, and today you wanna be a follower of Jesus, you wanna trust him wholeheartedly for your salvation, I'm gonna ask you a question. Would you raise your hand and hold it up really high? And I won't embarrass you or call you out. Is there anybody in the room? All right, I see your hands. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Is there anybody else? Okay, we're gonna pray about that first and then just stay right where you are. We're gonna pray this first. If you raise your hand this, this morning in this room or maybe watching online, I'm gonna pray a prayer and it goes like this. Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And the best thing that I could ever do is to put my trust in you and in you alone for salvation. I'm not depending upon my works. I'm not depending upon my goodness. I realize I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I'm calling out to you for salvation. Save me, I pray. I repent of my sins. And I'm surrendering my heart to you. And I ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, and then, then just stay where you're at. But if you prayed that prayer, it's as simple as that. It means that today... You're a believer. You're a Christian. Like God just accepted you into his family. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you called upon the name of the Lord for salvation, he always says yes. And now you've been saved by grace through faith. And we want to help you along the way. We want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to go to guest services. They have a book there called Fresh Start. It's, it looks just like this. They're going to give it to you. It's free. And then and we'll just get your contact info, a, a cell phone or or email, and we just want to follow through with that to make sure that you're on the right path, that you start the right way, that you lay a good foundation for your relationship with Jesus. And I I want you to take advantage of that today. For everybody else in the room, has something in this life surprised you recently? Are you in a place right now where you, you just don't understand, but you know you have to trust? Would you bow your heads with me again? If that's you, raise up your hand. Let me see who you are. And let's just leave them up. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for my church family. I'm reminded that our worst day is always better with Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to understand what's going on. But I do need to trust. And I'm making a commitment today to trust you. I'm going to align myself with what you're saying. I'm going to listen to you. I'm gonna speak your promises, and I'm gonna be obedient, and I take it for granted that this interruption in life is actually a divine invitation to see your goodness, your miracle-working power on display. Lord, I take it for granted, according to your word, that you're working this out for my good and for the good of my family, for the good of my loved ones. Lord, I take it for granted I take it by faith that you are loving and compassionate and merciful, that you're a provider, that you're a healer, that you're a deliverer. That's what your word says. And today I put my trust in your word. I align myself with your word. And I say, thank you for your provision. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your freedom. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for meeting my needs. Thank you for working it all together for my good. Today I choose to trust like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. and We would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.